Welcome to the Business Leadership Series, where we engage with leaders who are making an impact on their worlds and who want to share their knowledge and experience for your personal and professional growth. The following interview is designed to inspire you to become the best leader you can be. Your host, Derek Champagne, is the founder and CEO of The Artist Evolution, a full-service agency building successful brands, marketing tools, and campaigns, and also the author of the best-selling book, Don't Buy a Duck. And now, let's begin today's Leadership Series interview. Welcome to the Business Leadership Series, where our goal is to inspire you to become the best leader that you can be. I'm excited about our guest today. I had the opportunity to see him at the Scale Up Summit in Atlanta a few weeks ago and was just blown away by so many things. Uh, Eric Partaker is with us. He is, let me share his story, CEO of the year, uh, 2019, top 30 entrepreneurs in the UK, um, Britain's 27 most disruptive entrepreneurs by The Telegraph. He's appeared as a guest judge on The Apprentice. And over the last 20 years has advised Fortune 50 CEOs uh, with a previous consulting firm, uh, helped build Skype to a multi-billion dollar success story, co-founded Chilango, which is a really cool story where he's also co-CEO. Chilango has been described by Elite Business Magazine as arguably the most exciting fast food company of the decade. And he is also the most successful crowdfunded restaurant chain in the world. Eric, thanks for coming with us for a few minutes today. Thank you so much, Derek. And um, uh, I mean, wow, what an intro. And um, I think I'm going to have to, especially after that, take things <laughs> all the way back down because um, um, things certainly, uh, they, they may have ended up um, in, in the light in which you've described, but they certainly didn't start there. Hmm. So, um, well, okay, let me, let me just kick off with the following. So in November of 2010, I was um, was at the airport uh, on my way back to London, and um, it's about about ten you know about ten years ago. So I was about 35 years old, and I was on the phone with my doctor. I had been having some complications um, prior to that that day, and the last thing my um, doctor told me was, "Eric, don't get on that plane." And I hung up the phone. My friend and colleague was eagerly um, sitting next to me and asked, well, well, what did he say? And I said, he said, um, he said, don't worry about anything. Everything's fine. We can get on the plane. (laughs) And um, so I got on the plane, plane reached um, cruising altitude and things started to go really wrong really quickly. Um, and this is, you know, seven seven thirty seven, you know, passenger passenger plane, hmm. and um, um, I started to sweat quite badly. Um, my entire left arm went completely numb, and was so cold that my um, friend and colleague would later say, "When I touched your arm, it was as if it wasn't part of your body." It was as if it had been in an ice box uh, for for a week. And I was sweating quite a lot, and I felt a huge amount of pressure in my chest as if somebody was sitting on top of me. And um, and I said to my friend, I said, "Uh, I need help. Something's not right. And he jumped over me, ran to a stewardess. Stewardess rushed over. She immediately asked if there was a doctor on board. And... um, Thankfully for me, there was. Doctor came uh, racing up, 
took my vital signs and um, immediately said to her, we need to land the plane ASAP. I think he's having a heart attack. And the last, um, the last I heard um, was the pilot kind of echoing that request and um, uh, requesting an emergency landing and uh, us landing then in um, somewhere in France. And um, that's, um, that's how my high kind of performance journey um, took a massive turning point. Hmm. I'll, and I'll, I'll come back. I'll come back at the end uh, of our talk about how that story ended. Obviously, I am not miraculously speaking from my grave. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing for the show. We'd get lots of uh, lots of attention for that. Angelic in nature, no. So obviously, that's not the case. But um, suffice it to say, so I, so I've been obsessed with the whole idea of reaching your fullest potential in life ever since I was a kid. It's just always been an obsession. My, my biggest concern growing up, my biggest fear was that I would somehow squander my opportunity in life, mm-hmm. that I wouldn't, wouldn't reach that, that full potential. Yeah. And for the last 20 years, um, it's been an obsession. And for the first half of those 20 years, the obsession was unhealthy. Hmm. And, um, and what I mean by that is um, the whole hustle, you know, regime that we're constantly hearing about today. Right. Um, the work hard, the play hard. You know, I, I was doing all of that. Um, I worked, um, I remember working once 70, um, 70 some hours straight. Um, I would pride myself on um, just the ability to um, work, you know, long, hard hours. Um, at all costs, uh, no matter what it did to my health or those around me. Hmm. And, um, and I, you know, I almost paid the price, right? So I almost, um, you know, died from a heart attack and, um, and following that and, and, and some of the seeds, I guess, of that were my, my first job out of, out of, um, out of school. I studied finance in school. My, my very first job was with uh, McKinsey and Company. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, a wonderful, wonderful organization where I learned quite a lot. Um, but they have quite insane, you know, working weeks. And if you take a high performance obsessive person and you combine it with that environment, it's sort of like gasoline, you know, right. fire. So, so I did, so I did that. That's kind of where the seeds of high performance, I guess, were first kind of nurtured and they kind of grew with Skype. So I, I joined Skype and helped build that up to its multi-billion dollar exit. And that again was a very, you know, intense um, environment that I made even more intense than it needed to be. (laughs) (laughs) That's another uh, lesson right there, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, and, And the whole way I'm ignoring Here's an interesting fact that I read recently, in, uh, and this is from the High Performance Institute. So when measuring the energy requirement slash expenditure of a high-performing CEO, do you know what it equates to? The same amount of energy requirement or, or expenditure of a top-performing professional athlete. Wow. So... If we hold that in mind, and then I then present to you the following. You're a star 
professional athlete. Now I'm going to come up to you. You you just had a glorious season. You're doing all the things right. You're getting your sleep right. Your diet, nutrition's right. You've got a whole team of people supporting you. You know, in the spirit of marginal gains, they've maximized you. Mm-hmm. But now I say to you, I have a great idea. Next season, we're going to change up your routine. What you say? What are we going to change? Well, from now on, instead of getting your eight to nine hours of sleep, we're going to go with four, five to six. Mm. Let's call five on average because I want you to hustle when you're out there on the field. Yeah. And all that nice food you're eating, that's great. But let's start putting in a few double cheeseburgers throughout the day, and let's um, you know supersize some of your your drinks. And remove those protein shakes and get rid of these vitamins. And, and oh, and when you're at home, I know your family can be super supportive. But when you get home, I still want you to practice your athletics. <laughs> so I actually want you to still bounce that basketball up and down through the corridors of your house. <laughs> and I, I don't want you to stop working, basically. <laughs> And then get your five hours of sleep. Now, what do you think would happen to your season the following year? Wow. Great analogy. So so you get the point. If yeah. we believe that the requirement and expenditure for a top-performing leader is equivalent to that of a professional athlete, then it's actually quite suicidal for our careers, our health, and for those that we love to do anything other than the same that a professional athlete does to maximize their performance in their game. So that's the segue to, as I said, last 20 years obsessed with high performance. The first 10, I didn't do it the right way. It almost cost me my life. The last 10, in a spirit of marginal gains, I've been just constantly seeking to improve improve how I approach work. Hmm. How do I make myself more productive? How do I produce more with less effort, Hmm. not more effort? And how do I do all of this while also sleeping eight to nine hours a night? And how do I do all of this without compromising my health in terms of working out, um, fitting in some meditation, and you know being a great you know role model for my kids? And a great husband for my wife. You know, I say, I say to people, if you want to be a great leader, start by being a great spouse and parent. Right. Um, and, um, and, so, and so let me ask you. That gets us to where we are today. Let, let me thank you. First of all, thanks for sharing your story, and thank you for being so open and vulnerable about it, which which says a lot about the service that you provide that we'll talk about uh, in more detail. But to start and be that open about it, that's what, that's what our listeners need to hear. That's what I need to hear. Give me some practical tips. You say be present at home. I couldn't agree with you more. If you if if you don't have that balance at home and you can't be present, then that's just gonna. As you said, as you shared the the consequences for that. Start at home being a leader. But give me some give me some tips. It sounds good. It sounds great. It's what we yeah. all want. Everyone listening goes yeah. But then we say yeah. how the heck do I be present? Because it just, it mounts up. And so I'm, I'm there, I come home and then I'm happy to see my family, but then it creeps in and you start, yeah, going, you got I it. have to check it. So what do you do? Well, the, 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 first of all, to, to, to optimize anything, to improve anything, the first simplest thing to do is to stop doing the shit that's blowing you up. Right. <laughs> you, know? So, you know, so again, 
you know, the athlete not getting his five hours, not getting his eight hours of sleep, um, you know, not, um, you know, eating well, um, you know, uh, continuing to do his, his athletics, i.e. his work at home. You know, all of that just kind of really blows you up. But um, um, it, it, come, it starts with recognizing, uh, thanks to Abraham Maslow, you know, the hierarchy of needs, that mm. our number one need is it's all about self-actualization. You know, that's 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 happiness, you know, reaching our fullest potential. Hmm. So then the game that we play, they, the, this whole game of life is essentially comes down to closing the gap between who we are and who we want to be. And so excelling at that game of life is getting really, really good at recognizing when there's a gap and getting quicker and better and faster at kind of closing it because all the suffering lives in the gap. So, so to your question about, well, what do you do? How do you be more present with the family? So first of all, it starts with, well, identity. Decide who you want to be. So yeah. as an example, um, my identity when it comes to my family is I'm not Eric, partaker. That's, that's not me. I, I have a dream team that I've hired. Uh, they work in different areas of my life. We're talking about family right now. Hmm. And the person who kind of runs the department of family, um, he's the world's best husband and father. Hmm. He, he, he works in service of me. So he's kind of like who I change into or my employee, whatever you want to call it. And I, I have a simple little thing. At 6.30 p.m. each day, a reminder goes off on my phone. And that reminder says world's best husband and father simply because it prompts the question, how would the world's best husband and father walk through that door right now? Hmm. And that might sound like a very simple, not very meaningful tactic, but I'll tell you what, it's mind-blowing because as you walk through that door with that question in mind, it changes the way you show up. So that's first and foremost, hmm. start with identity. Yeah. Secondly, let's eliminate the stuff that gets in the way. So what's the number one thing that gets in the way of you being present um, well, let me ask you, what would you say within your possessions, your belongings, what's the number one thing that you think would get in the way of you being fully 100% present at home? Technology. You got it. So all that dopamine and, and, and in what form? Let's get down to, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say it. I don't want to say what? it. Yeah. My cell phone, <laughs> my iPhone. You, you got it. <laughs> You got it. So, um, so, so the other, the other super clever. You, you, you want to see a material difference in your presence and how you interact with your family? Do this very, very simple thing. Decide who you're going to be before you step through the door. And then the moment you step through the door, your first action is to turn your phone off and throw it in a drawer somewhere where you're not going to touch it for the rest of the night. Yeah. You will immediately be more present. You will be anxious at first. And you may not know what to do with yourself. <laughs> right. Because you don't have that dopamine spiking, you know, release every five minutes or whatever it is. Mm. Did I get another email? Anybody responded on LinkedIn, Instagram? <laughs> mm. Right. So, so yeah, so that's a, a couple of uh, tactics. And then the last one I would offer up is something um, uh, digital sunset. So um, at the end of the night, um, sorry, one hour before your bedtime, you really should be turning off all the electronics because 
if you look, um, if you read this book, Why We Sleep, which is written by one of the most uh, preeminent you know, sleep researchers in the world, Matthew Walker, he points out it's all evidence based. Nothing right. I'm telling you here is not, you know, identity driven change outperforms outcome driven change. That's mm-hmm. evidence based. You know, uh, putting your phone away out of sight will increase your presence. This has been tested evidence based. Right. And digital sunsets, so turning off all of your electronics one hour before you go to bed means that your melatonin production will be twice as much. Wow. And melatonin is what creates our deepest levels of sleep. Mm. And the deeper we sleep, the more restored we are, the more our ability to focus, the more our ability to not be so easily thrown off track the following day. So it's all tied together. Great advice. I mean, very specific when I asked you, you know, how do we be more present at home? 6.30 p.m. each day, world's best husband and father or or yep, mother and spouse. Uh, yep. Two, turn off your iPhone. Three, digital sunsets. Great advice. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that and all evidence-based. Uh, you know, you talked about let, – let's go back and talk about what you're doing. Again, you, you, you have these amazing businesses which people can look up. We don't have to go into them all right now, but uh, we'll put some links to – to uh, some of the, um, especially Chilangle that you've created, just an amazing company. Uh, let's to tell me more. Let's go back. We've got a few minutes left. I want to talk about you. Talk about closing the gap between who you are and who you're capable of being, which is huge. Uh, but then let's talk about your experience and what you're doing at a really high level right now, and and you know learning from someone that's actually done it because it's easy to fall into old habits or we don't know what we don't know. And we need somebody that can guide us that really understands and help can help us get there more quickly and avoid some yeah. of the pitfalls. Yeah, you got it. So, so my my kind of service, if you will, to the world is to help shorten people's learning curve on all of this, to compress you know twenty years, um, ten of which you know nearly led to my death, and into something that is a lot more practical, more quick you know, to implement less painful so that people can, you know, reach their, their fullest potential. And I look at things very, very holistically. So, you know, through my, through my site, ericpartaker.com, aside from, you know, being a CEO, I'm also a coach and I, I look to coach entrepreneurs, leaders, and other coaches. So people who themselves are trying to impact a lot of others, hmm. they often work in very structureless environments. Uh, they don't have anybody to talk to. They're expected to be superstars. Um, but you know, they have all these challenges, all these things that get in the way and compromise, you know, their ability to, to work at a high level, be fully present at home and maintain their health. Hmm. And so I work with people individually. I work with people on a group basis, um, taking them through evidence-based curriculum to help them basically show up as the best possible version of themselves on the work health and home fronts and that i do ad hoc as people you know need it and as a request comes in and then the other exciting thing that i'm launching actually for the first time in july is a a to z um uh live uh, coaching and mentorship program Hmm. which will be on the site which will take every you know people through everything from um you know identity driven change and um, how to maximize their energy, their productivity, you know, the, how to win the day, their anti-fragility, all of this stuff mm. done in a kind of interactive way. And um, 
And yeah, I just want to help people, you know, be happier, essentially. Eric, I appreciate you again coming in and sharing your story, uh, talking about, you know, starting by sharing a heart attack, which is a tough lesson to learn. You know, look, I think, I think most of us, most entrepreneurs listening are those that are, you know, we, we, we like, I mean, myself included, I, I like to not necessarily work hard, but I, it doesn't even feel like work sometimes because I like building things and I like creating things. And, and I would rather hide there sometimes. And, you know, it's, it, it's where you get the accolades. It's where you get the, the credit sometimes. And it's, it's, it's also where you face your biggest challenges, but you know, this hustle and grind mentality, as you mentioned, and that being the only thing I always tell people it works until it doesn't. And the time yep. when it doesn't is when you see your marriage failing or your kids don't don't you know you like you it. want or you have a health scare. And I've had a similar health scare. And, and, and that's when it's not OK. And so the young guys, I say it's OK till it's not. And because I did it and you can pull yourself by the bootstraps. And, I did and it sleep well. low. But, but then look what happens and look and it will inevitably you will inevitably pay the price somewhere if you only focus on that part of your life. And, and you're, you're so right, because when 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 that price comes knocking on the door invariably people didn't expect the knock yeah invariably and when it happens as you said it's too late because the knock already started yeah and god forbid when you open the door you're letting the grim reaper in you know so yeah um you know metaphorically speaking as well with with regards to your marriage or you know whatever else and i'll tell you something else uh, the restorative power of putting all this into play so my doctor has said that there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever of there having been any trauma to hmm. my heart wow. ever. So there you go. Amazing. Eric, thanks for being our guest today. EricPartaker.com. When this goes live, this is A to Z live coaching and mentorship program will be there. Uh, go visit that site. Uh, I, I often preach about the value of a coach and especially someone that's been through it. And Eric, I like to learn from people that have had the highs and lows. Like many of us, they've been there, they understand it. You've got this evidence-based curriculum and that's really important to me to see that uh, because we know that you know what you're talking about and you've lived it. You have seen both sides. So uh, again, any final thoughts you want to share with our audience before we go? I would um, just sincerely, you know, hope that if anybody listening can relate to anything that has just been said, and wants to close the gap on either their work, health, or family fronts, please reach out because um, I can definitely help you. And again, thank you again, CEO of the year, built amazing companies and is offering that advice. That is that is uh, an amazing opportunity, ericpartaker.com. Eric, thanks again for being our guest, and I look forward to watching the next great things that you're doing. Thank you so much, Derek. Really appreciate the opportunity. Take care. You've been listening to the Business Leadership Series, where we engage with leaders who are making an impact on their worlds and who want to share their knowledge and experience for your personal and professional growth. This interview was designed to inspire you to become the best leader you can be.